Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B podcast. Kyle here with Ed. And Ed, we've got a special guest in the building, someone that has brought Soulback. Ed, introduce us to the special guests. Yes, let me introduce you to the guest of the hour. This is a man who has been bringing soul back for years now. He has been the forefront of soul on, actually on the internet, paving the way to keep R&B alive for those of us in the internet generation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Leo has returned. I actually thought you were gonna say Mr. Ed Bowser for a second. <laughs> Oh, man, I missed my opportunity. Yes, I should have done that. Also, that other Thanks, guy, guys. Tom, is back. Hey. I was touched you- that someone someone actually was looking for me on the podcast. That was a little surprising. This is true. One of the fans on I, our I, uh, Facebook page was like, uh, where's Tom at? So, I will say, you guys need me back to keep Ed from his typical slander. Oh, no, that doesn't change, whether you're here or gone. Sorry, player. (laughs) So, guys, um, a lot happened in R&B over the last two weeks, but a lot happened just with us personally. Uh, Let me tell you some stories before we get into R&B. Ed, I know you weren't there for them, you know, physically, but you were looped in on the chats, you know, when Tom visited Vancouver and... uh, I mean, a lot to talk about. Well, we won't get into too much detail, but Tom, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Tom got me eating grasshoppers in Seattle. Yeah, I got to hear more about this bug-eating story, because I only heard about this in passing. So, what is up with you eating creatures off of the ground? <laughs> Tom, they were off explain. the ground. They, that's like a delicacy in Seattle, apparently. And they serve it. They cook it, they serve it, clean it. And uh, like, Kyle ate one. It, what does it look like? Is it like calamari, how it's like fried up, or is it just literally a bug on your plate and it's like here eat it? Um Oh it's it's it's, <laughs> it's like a bug. <laughs> you feel the texture, there's legs and arms. It's gross, man. God, no. Okay. <laughs> let let me break what it down it? for you. Yeah, break let it down. Break I wanna know what it you. tastes like. Okay, so before the trip you know, Tom had visited Vancouver. We were going to go to Seattle for the day, which is like a two-hour drive. And Tom was like, okay, we're going to try grasshoppers because, you know, the Mariners, they have this tradition. So we go to the to the arena or the stadium, and we walk to the uh, vendor, and they're sold out of grasshoppers. So, like Tom said, it must be a heck of a delicacy if it sells out that quickly. You don't quickly. eat that many grasshoppers that they're selling out. Ugh. So... Ed, here's the thing. The grasshoppers were $4, so I thought, okay, it's $4. I'll probably get one grasshopper and be done with it. Wait, $4 for one? That's what I thought. I thought it was some, like, rare thing that people eat. But, you know, uh, midway through the game, we, we went back to the vendor and asked, hey, do you have any grasshoppers now? And they're like, yep, we just restocked. So they gave us, like, a container full of grasshoppers. I swore there was probably 50 of them in there. Oh my god. And I'm not eating grass. I'm not eating 50 grasshoppers. This was a one-time thing. And uh I I had a Tyrese Gibson moment and uh I shared the grasshoppers with everyone else around me. Everyone had one. We uh we made a toast to the Mariners on the count of 3 and we all ate it. Well, except Tom <laughs> because he decided it was cooler to film what was going on instead of eating it with us. 
but yep. Ed, the grasshoppers. Tom. The grasshoppers are marinated in like some lemon pepper sauce. Oh my God, uh, Rick Ross lemon pepper wings? Is that the grasshopper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the texture was rather crunchy. Um, I probably will never do that again, but. Yeah, that was that that was my grasshopper experience. <laughs> so wait a minute, I gotta let me go back and like fill in the blanks. So four dollars, you thought you were gonna get one French, uh, one grasshopper. To me, that's the equivalent of getting one French fry. But instead, four dollars <laughs> get you a bucket of fifty grasshoppers. Yep. Yep. And I like how they had Good. to restock. Basically, they had to go back in the back and go catch a bunch of grasshoppers. Oh, we restocked <laughs> like they flew them in from somewhere. Player, you would chase them down in the backyard. And (laughs) you pass them around and they taste like lemon pepper. This is the grossest thing I've ever heard. And then, of course, Tom doesn't even eat them. He just gets supposed to eat it and then takes a picture. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I'll give you one more story. (laughs) Ed, at least we got him to try soul food. That's all I have to say. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. No, because grasshoppers really, uh, taste just like cornbread, I'm sure. And I got, I got, an, I got another story for you. So, uh, before we decided to get the uh, grasshoppers, we were choosing between um, grasshoppers or an ice cream sandwich, and we decided to go with the grasshoppers. Oh, wait a minute! You chose between grasshoppers and an ice cream sandwich, and you decided and, well, to go with the grasshoppers. So let me the, put this uh, in R&B terms. I am choosing between El Varner and Keith Sweat's 1996 album. Let me go with El Varner. This is going to taste great. What? <laughs> it, the ice cream sandwich looked better than the Keith Sweat album. It was a, it was as right. big as Kyle's head. <laughs> I'm what serious. What kind of ice cream got, sandwich was this? <laughs> it was like $13. You get two huge cookies. And like five scoops of ice cream in the middle. How do you physically eat that? I don't know. I don't know, but that that what? layer of ice cream was more thick than. Uh, come on, Ed, give me a give me a, a shot. Cut this off. It was more thick Let's than a shot. Keep it. Let's keep oh my this gosh. thing moving. It's a family show. Okay. I'm I was sorry. gonna say all three men of vision, but whatever. <laughs> I was just say the Whitehead brothers. <laughs> the Whitehead brothers are slim, trim, and are in shape. <laughs> Wow. Who knew? Well, I'm glad everyone is back. I'm sure we'll have more stories uh, to share. Uh, Ed, you got to remind me to bring up the Street Fighter story later. But uh, we'll Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, we got some new R&B to talk about. A lot of music to go through. Um, I'm not sure who did their homework here. But uh, if this is a time for you to be an R&B fan, I hope you listen to all of this. I'm going to start testing you guys right now. We're going to start off with Marsha's new album. Tom, you were at the listening party a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I actually talked to her that night. She wanted to make a more, uh, how would I say it, wholesome album in terms of she's in love now. So mm-hmm. the music is, is reflective of that. So I thought it was cool. Her previous music didn't re- wasn't really that direction. It was more bedroom music part of the time, So, which she understands, but... It's good to see her progress her music. Yeah, we talked about this a lot on the podcast about how fans will be like, we want so-and-so to sound like the album they did 10 years ago, but people grow and their experiences changes. So 
She can't be like, I hope I cheat on she. I hope she cheats on you with a basketball player if she's like got a child and in love. So her music is gonna reflect her personal experiences, and that makes sense. So Ed, you reviewed the album. What did you think? Cause on your cipher, people were calling like the second half of the album snoozy, and I thought Tom only used that word, but apparently other people too do too. Wow, but... other people use that word. Oh man, yeah. No, I've oh. been using it too. Tom's rubbing off on me, and I agree. Um, you know, <laughs> my review is up on soulandserial.com. Go check that out. And as most people know, I'm a huge Marsha fan, but I do agree. The second half of the album, snoozy might not be the right word for it, but it's very samey. Like there's one kind of consistent tone through it, and that's not something that she usually does. It would have helped. The songs aren't bad, but it would have helped with some better sequencing, move some stuff around, something so those last tracks don't all just kind of blend into each other. And I think that as an album, as a total body of work, that really hurts it. Because that second half just kind of like, eh, it's just so mellow that it kind of flattens things out. It's a good album. Of her three, I think is easily the weakest but it's still one of the more notable releases of the year. Well, it's been a slow year this year, obviously. And uh, I, I know a lot of people have been calling this the R&B album of the year. Um, we'll have to see. There's a couple more albums coming out, including Ed, Tom. He's finally back, nine years later. My boy, Mario. Your boy. Dancing Shadows. And this was an album that I think would receive a lot of bipolar reactions. But from what I've seen online, a lot of people seem to like it, including our homeboy who was recording You Don't Have to Call, his own cover version (laughs) on Instagram the other day. Tom and I were dying when we were watching that. But even Soul Child (laughs) likes this album. Ed, he has the album of the year, doesn't he? Um, Let's not go that far. I like the album, but I am kind of surprised, and you've seen more than I have. Most of the responses I've seen have just kind of been kind of Soul and Stereo fans, and most of them have been supportive of it. To me, it reminded me a lot of Luke James's debut album, and that album had very mixed reactions because people expected a certain sound from him, and he came with this very kind of almost dark and atmospheric sound. And people are kind of like, ah, I don't know if I like this direction. This Mario album reminds me of that in a lot of ways. So I was kind of warning people, don't expect Let Me Love You 2005, y'all. But so far, the reception has been pretty positive. Personally, I like a lot of it. I think, again, some of it's a little too left for me. Some of it just doesn't connect. It's just kind of like, oh, that was a good experiment, but doesn't sit as a good song, so to speak. So there's a lot of that on the album. It's a good, you know, Mario fans are going to eat it up. I think the rest of us will appreciate it, but it's not the huge comeback that I was kind of hoping for. Right. Tom. All I know is I didn't I didn't listen, but Kyle told me I might like one or two songs. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably about right for you. All right. But Tom, it's interesting. Ed brought up that Luke James album. What was your reaction when you first heard Luke's album? Because we were we were huge supporters when it first came out, and that album was very left field. Yeah, it just 
wasn't what I expected. Didn't really get into it. Wasn't commercially viable, really, to be honest. So, yeah. And he hasn't been back since, unfortunately. Well, if we can wait nine years for Mario, I'm sure we can wait another, what is it, four for Luke? Probably. It's been about that. (laughs) Yep. But you're right, uh, for everyone out there, if you're going into it expecting Let Me Love You, because that's what I did initially when I listened to the album. I thought I was going to get a bunch of Let Me Love You, Let Me Love You, and uh, I didn't get that, so I came away disappointed, but I went back and listened to the album for what it was, and um, it's a cool listen. And I'm not saying that because I'm just a huge Mario fan, maybe. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, another EP that just dropped. And, uh, Tom, I think you got to give a shout-out to one of our fans for this one. Sean Stockman's EP. I do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we wouldn't have even known about this unless one of our fans gave us a heads-up. I mean, was there even any indication he was working on a EP? I, I didn't hear it. But shout-out to D. Brooke on Twitter, fighting for R&B just like we are. And we have a Sean Stockman of Voice to Men EP out. I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear it. I did. I listened to it this morning, in fact. And, you know, I I really, really like it. I think that it's a sleeper, and I think that a lot of our fans would very greatly appreciate it. If you haven't heard it, I think it's just called Sean. Please check it out. It might might be, I mean, I've only heard it one time, so it's hard to weigh it. But it's probably up there for one of the better, if not the best, EP I've heard this year out of R&B. It's very, very strong. Why guys, is he doing we, uh, an EP? Any, anyone have any ideas? Well, um, Tom, from I'm what I heard, cut you off, guys, hold on, hold on. Can we uh, stop using the word sleeper in this podcast? Because it reminds me too much of Snoozy, and now I'm confused on whether yep. it's a sleeper or a. That's so we got <laughs> and you got to get sleeper off your vocab. But continue with your discussion. I thought the same can thing, we, man. Oh my god! Can we? Can the adults talk for a minute? Jeez, I think people can know the difference between a sleeper pick and a sleepy album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ed. I can't remember what I was talking about now. Um, oh, DP is good. Uh, oh, but, I was saying, no, I, do you guys know why he did an EP? Because we were expecting oh. an album. Yes, that's what we were talking about. Um, from what I heard is that he was releasing a couple of EPs and then going to go into an album. And I can't remember who kind of passed that word along to me. But that was the rumor online, that it was this EP, there would be something else coming, and then we would get the full album. I'm not sure if it's going to be kind of a situation like Lloyd did with True or even what Jesse J did with her kind of individual EPs going into one album. But it seemed a little similar to that strategy. But if the album is along the sounds of this, I think he's going to have a really good project. Well, nice. Um, I hope people more than me and you are able to hear it. That's all I'm hoping for. Dudes, it wasn't on his Instagram yesterday. I mean, what's the point? No, and I agree with you. I think that it's very, very telling that we've got these artists that are coming out with projects that you that people are just kind of stumbling over. And it's like, oh, there just happens to be something, and it's word of mouth. I don't understand why 
Listen, I know Beyonce has perfected this whole surprise album. You just drop stuff and the fans go crazy and share it. But unless you are Beyonce Knowles, you do not have the type of social media insanity around you to push, to promote your stuff. If you want people to hear yourself, you better push it on all your channels and then come to the sites like you know I got sold to the sites like Soul and Stereo or the Soul Back Podcast. And tell folks, and then we will happily spread the good word. But y'all just like telling your mama and expect the whole world to know. That ain't how it's going to work in 2018. Um, so serious question for the both of you guys. Have you listened to Shy's album since it came out? I still have not listened to Shy's album. Oh. Nope. Because <laughs> that came out of nowhere. That was a Beyonce yes. release. It was, and no one knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, if another you're not Beyonce, that, don't be Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, another single that came out, Sean Stockman's label mate, uh, Brian McKnight. He has a new single out. He dropped an album last year, I believe, and now he's back with another single. 42, Grown and Tipsy. Ed, this is like trap music for old folks. That's what I... Well, I wouldn't say it's trap music for grown folks, but it's certainly club music for grown folks. This I didn't want to use the trap word because that's such a dirty word in R&B. And people are like, oh, no, it doesn't have the trap beat, but it's definitely got the vibe. It's definitely the turn-up music for people that's in their 40s and above. I thought it was an okay track. I know um, Tom really liked it. A lot of our fans really liked it. To me, it's okay. It feels like an album cut that you would kind of stumble upon while listening to the album. And you might not go to the next song, but you... Maybe you are, you're in the mood for it sometimes, maybe you're not. The beat's a little distracting, I don't know what it is, it's something about it kind of makes me, kind of like takes me out of the lyrical experience and focuses more on the beat, which I kind of don't like in R&B that much, so it's okay track, but thankfully it's energetic and not snoozy, but... (laughs) It's also got a little bit of energy to it, and that's something a lot of the releases we've seen this year have been lacking. Energy. Bring me some energy, y'all. Oh, everybody's sleeping. Uh, yeah, I listened right. to it. Another song I had no idea about, in, except for you guys telling me. I mean, if I didn't go on his Twitter this morning, I wouldn't have known it even came out, but I like it. I think, like I said, it has energy. I didn't think it was trapped, necessarily. I thought it was progressive, for for sure, but... I thought it was a cool direction to go in. He's been going in a little bit of that more progressive sound in his music, so I don't mind it. Right. Uh, hot take question for you guys of the day. You guys remember, I think, Ed, I saw it on your cypher, but a few years ago he did that song, uh, Let Me Show You How Your Female Body Part Oh, works. yes. I do. I'll let you guys take turns on this. Well, I'll let you guys take turns on this. Tom, do you think that oh, has impacted his career at all? Uh, no. I mean, at the time, everyone was talking about it. I don't even know if people remember about it at this point, though. It doesn't even matter, I don't think. That was such a weird song. I mean, it was one of those ones... It felt like it was a little bit ahead of its time as far... And not, again, by quality (laughs) at all. But just social media buzz. Because if that thing came out today, my God, the think pieces and the... oh. And the tweets would be insane. But 
I know that it's terrible to say this. I thought that taking the vulgarity out of it, the song was actually kind of cute. I thought it was an okay song. It's stupid and terrible and the video was ridiculous, but I don't know. Kind of oddly catchy in a creepy family guy sort of way. But, but remember no, it didn't... that he, he did it to prove a point. Because he's a smart dude and he just was so fed up with how music was going. He's like, well, if I make this crappy trendy song it's gonna get more attention than anything else i do and he was right he was right and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what it did and as a song because he is who he is it was still a decent song even though it was kind of a joke song but no i don't think it hurt his career at the time people were like what is this guy doing but i don't think it hurt anything it's kind of like kyle said it kind of came and went and then everyone went back to listening to 6812 all right Uh, Mariah Carey has a new song out And uh, Tom, oh, I went boy. on record to say If Mariah hits number one once again Ed will give me a two-piece from from uh, Popeyes with the biscuit And uh, <laughs> Mariah dropped that new single It was apparently rumored to be like featuring Drake But that wasn't the case With You, produced by DJ Mustard Which is interesting because... Uh, she brought DJ Mustard to produce a beat that sounded like a Jermaine Dupri beat. I don't know why or how that happened. Uh, yes. But the single is uh. the single is alright. Ed, I know you're not a fan of it, or you just thought it was okay, actually. Uh, player, I'm not a fan of it. Again, this is another song that... I don't know, Mariah used to be, and I know I'm going back in the day and talking about how it used to be by Yaya, Get Off My Lawn. But Mariah used to be one of the better songwriters. All these songs now just sound so juvenile and just so, ugh. It's like her 14-year-old, like, it's like, hey, look at this Facebook post I wrote. Oh, that would make a great song. They just, ugh. I'm not feeling the lyrics. The beat is okay. Just like, it's kind of like, what was the previous song that was awful? It's kind of like a better version of that because it feels a little bit more like a professional Mariah song. But again, it doesn't do anything for me. It's a little dull. Just not my thing. We know Mariah. I hate to. I hate to say it, but I feel like if she put out a super ballad like she used to, like no one would even care in this day and age. Oh no! And again, we don't even have to go with a ballad. I mean, Honey and some of her biggest songs were far from ballads. But geez, it's just. I don't even know what, I wouldn't call this a ballad, but it's super mid-tempo, and it's very draggy to me. Feels like it goes I mean, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It'd be curious to see what her fan base looks like now, and who is anticipating new music from her. You know, I have no idea. I mean, just judging from online in my circles, most of her vocal and again, this is because it's social media, but a lot of her most vocal fan base are really young fans that honestly yeah, don't even yeah. know the early Mariah stuff. A few, maybe a year or two ago when I ranked her albums, a lot of her fans were mad because the more recent albums I had at the back of the list, and they were like, her best album is Emancipation, and I, what's the one, the um, Memoirs of Imperfect Angel? That's like top three. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, have you even heard <laughs> the earlier stuff? So she has a newer, younger fan base. 
And a lot of them kind of really resonate with this stuff. But her OG fans, I don't think they're riding with these newer tracks. Yeah, because if you well, think about it, Kyle, your mom grew up on Mariah and artists like that in the 90s, and that's how you got yeah. into it. But I highly doubt people like your mom are still waiting for new Mariah music or want to hear any of this. Not yeah, sounding no. like this. My mama just goes back to Daydream and Butterfly and all that stuff. So, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the record's actually, to me, guys, the, the record was fine. I don't think it was as snoozy as you guys thought it was. Um, it's probably not a lead single material, though. I'll say that. Not and, at uh, all. It probably won't be that number one that we've all been seeking from her. Uh, but still... A DJ Mustard track, you get in the studio with DJ Mustard and you produce a beat that sounds like a Jermaine Dupree beat. I don't know, that seems kind of uh, wasteful, in my opinion. It's weird, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got a new record out called Shame, and it's not the superior Tyrese version, it's the one by Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were pissed about this song. Tom, tell them why they, were, why they should be pissed. What? Wait, why should they be... Who was pissed? I didn't see that. I don't yeah, know. I saw, a bunch of, I saw a bunch of comments on my uh, Facebook and people were pissed about it. What were they I didn't see about? that. Okay, well, someone tell me what the song sounds like because I haven't heard it yet. Oh my Maybe gosh. Up anyway, <laughs> I've actually heard the song like this guy. Um, it is a kind of... If I have to describe it, it feels like, and I'm saying this a lot this podcast, it's almost like a Maxwell album cut. It definitely sounds like a Maxwell yeah. song, and but it doesn't have any spark to it. It doesn't feel like a... Yeah. When, when Lake by the Ocean came out, I was like, man, this sounds like a Maxwell song, but it sounds like a hit Maxwell song. This just sounds like a Maxwell song. It just, eh, it came out in 2003 that was okay, but... Again, it's it doesn't betray his sound, but it's something that a only Maxwell fan would probably really latch on to. Everybody else would be like, "Oh, that's an okay song." Yeah, that's what I thought. Standard Maxwell song. That's it. All right, guys, let me uh, let me pull up these uh, comments. Oh, uh, I see some of the comments now. Wow, jeez. What what oh. they say? All right. Not only is the song trash, but it's badly mixed, too. Someone wrote, such a shame. I wanted to like, but I was more like, meh. It's terrible. What was he thinking? Oh, dear. This is not what I expected. Go back to Neo Soul Maxwell and not good. Jeez, it's not that bad. I do agree that it's kind of poorly mixed. That I agree on. It's not great, but it's not horrible. So Yeah. Oh, guys, I totally forgot. So going back to that Mariah song for a second, uh, one of our fans said that uh, Mariah's vocals on that song sounded like Daily. I thought that was a pretty random comment. <laughs> what? Uh, yes, and I've heard this. It is the most weird thing. How does Daily even sound like that? I'm very confused. Are we just randomly saying names now? Yep. <laughs> Ed Bowser sounds like Tom, give me one of those old school artists. <laughs> Chucky Booker. There you go. <laughs> Chucky Booker? I wish I sounded would, like Chucky. Listen, it wouldn't be a Soulback podcast if we didn't shout out Chucky Booker once again. Chucky and the Whitehead Bros, yes. We gotta get them in. And we gotta also show some love to Ke Kenny Lattimore. We haven't given him enough love on this podcast, apparently. We That's love you, true. Kenny. Alright, alright. <laughs> 
Um, we got a couple more new songs to go through here. I warned you guys it was a busy week, so I have to see if who, yep. if, if we're all doing our homework here. Uh, Ed, your girl El Varner, new song, "Loving You Blind." <sighs> our girl Miss Superwife was very excited to see that El Varner uh, finally came back. Didn't she come back with a new single like half a year ago? Yeah, we were she trying had to get her on the podcast. And that just oh, I remember that, this because I, I suspiciously got sick before that podcast. I couldn't make that one. Oh right. my goodness! <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that anyway. single fell to the wayside, and uh, we've got uh, "Loving You Blind." Ed, I will. This is the first time that we have mentioned something on the podcast that I have not heard yet. Shocking, I know, but I have not heard this song yet. Wow. Uh, so Tom and you, I, you did had an interesting to reaction to it, Kyle. Yeah, you you yeah. had an interesting take on yeah, it. Yeah, because so so Tom and I listened to this song on our way back from Seattle. We had driven like two hours, and um, it doesn't sound like an R and B song, or maybe I don't know. I don't maybe my my history on R and B is not up to date, but it sounded like a uh, a folksy. Pop song is that is that right? Tom? I thought it sounded like it, to me. I was like, is this an Adele song? I thought it yeah. was inspired by Adele or something. Yeah, I've got to check this out. This I cannot. Which isn't to say I'm not saying I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not no, what no. we expected from her. No, in in the great words of uh, someone on this podcast that I will not name, if it's not Oak and Pop with L, I don't want it. Well, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She's I just said she made some amazing music with him. I'd like to see that continue, but I don't know where that's okay. at. So uh, yeah, not sure what's gonna go on with El Varner's album. We've been waiting. Um It's kinda interesting. I'm wondering if this time that she's been away, because at one point in like two thousand and twelve when Refill was out, she and that was when R and B was looking a little questionable. Um, she was really able to establish a name for herself. Got Grammy nominated. Um, now she's on E1, so it'll be interesting to see what she does from here on out. Yeah, she definitely, I think during that weird period where R&B was getting really shaky and going off the rails, she really kind of helped establish herself that during that era. I will give props when it's due because she was able to kind of get a foothold there, but it just, for whatever reason, she was just never really to, able to follow up on anything, and that's what's hurt her. And she hasn't had any momentum to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. A uh, couple of new singles uh, we still got to talk about here. Uh, this young lady has an album coming out next week, Ella May. She released a new record. This is the third song off the album, Whatchamacallit, with Ed's cousin Chris Brown. Uh, Ed, oh, what did yes. you think of the song? I know you like it. Yeah, I did actually like it okay. Um, despite Cousin Chris being on it, I thought it wasn't bad. I was on Ella's Twitter, and she had a really cool tweet from, I guess she retweeted one of her friends, and her friend was saying how Ella was obsessed with Chris during her, like, in school, and she would talk about her every day, him every day, so... For her to be able to be on a song with him, and it's his lead single to this huge album that people are expecting, it's kind of like a dream come true for her. So good for her for achieving her dream and being able to collaborate with one of her favorite artists. The song is kind of goofy. It's just kind of like, almost like a cheating anthem, except they're just being silly about it. 
it's fine for what it is. I, I liked it a lot. I know some people were like, oh, this is too silly. But, you know, what do you expect? It's called whatchamacallit. It's not <laughs> deep prose. So it's it's a fun little goofy song that I think would probably fit in well with some of the other songs that she's kind of released. And I think will kind of flow into the album. So, again, for me, she's three for three for releases on the album. That'll be here in a couple weeks. Wow. Tom, um, I sent you an interesting uh, fact uh, the other day. Boot Up is now the number one uh, highest or longest ranking uh, or charting song on the on the Billboard R&B charts for a female. Number one for all is Miguel. And I read another interesting tweet that said, how can someone so basic like LMA and her music be the face of R&B right now? Is the bar that low? And we're not really going to get into that, but it's interesting Ouch. how she has such a significant record um, on the charts right now, and it's breaking breaking records. It's historical. Yet, I don't really think a lot of fans know who she is. I think you brought that up. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like to me, it's like the biggest song that no one's even talking about. I mean, I barely even know what she looks like. She's not even like a household name. It'll be really interesting to see that the sales numbers. I mean, I don't care about sales, but I'm sure it'll have huge streaming numbers. But it's an interesting time in music right now. And, uh, yeah, it's surprising that it's doing so well. Not because of the quality, because no one's talking about it that I hear. Only down south, I guess, right, Ed? Oh, please, only down south. Where? And now they're from, like, freaking London. Anyway, to um, bring it back to common sense, which lacks between these two. Um, I do think you do have a good point, though. It's weird because this song is breaking records. It's one of the bigger R&B songs of the past two or three years. But nobody could probably pick Alame out of a lineup. And it's because of the nature of how this song blew up. It's been one of the most interesting stories to me as kind of a music historian ever. Because you got a song that, number one, has been around for years. Like, we had this song in our top 100 songs of 20... What was it, 2017? We had it on our list last year. Yep. This song has been out forever. It just happened to go viral, and people are loving this song, but they haven't really gotten behind the artist because it's just a song that people love, and it's like being everyone's doing their own covers of it, and yada yada. So the song is bigger than the actual artist. So again, it's not like a Rihanna situation where it's Rihanna and she has blah 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 songs. But it's just booed up. And who sings that booed up girl? Who sings booed up? Like, a lot of fans don't know because it was the song that caught traction and not the artist. It's a very, very weird kind of offshoot of what we see in music in 2018 where we don't have the TV shows to kind of introduce the audience to the world or to get to know them. Just the music just kind of goes viral on Twitter, and then people start adding it to their dumb videos, and there you go. It blows up. So mm -hmm. Ella, and I remember at the BET Awards this past year, they didn't even have her perform. They had her perform on the little, little kid thing that they do before the commercials when they have a rising artist sing a song for 30 seconds before the commercial. <laughs> this was the biggest song in the country. She couldn't even get up there, couldn't cut the freaking Migos back for three minutes and give her a piece. Nope. Again, it's weird because her fame has been shortcut and it's just this big giant song. 
And I think that kind of goes into a controversy. I can't remember if we've talked about this yet, Kyle. The controversy with your boy, Jacquees, and his song, his cover being kind of shut down by the label. And yep. again, it's business because they want Ella out front and not her music out front. I were a lot of fans saying, I didn't know that was her song. I thought that was his song. Because we've got artists, and I, by song, let me give some backstory. He covered her most recent single, Trip, and it was catching fire. And the label was like, nope, nope, nope. And because Twitter's an idiot, they were like, oh, Ella May is keeping down Jacquees. No, Ella May ain't got nothing to do with this. The label is like, no, no, no. We have to market our, art- our artists. We can't have the songs getting more traction than her because they too see what we're talking about here now. So again, it's it's kind of a tough situation to be in because she's got this mega song, but she's still pretty unknown. I'm very interested in seeing how this album turns out. I know it'll be quality. Again, we've heard her stuff for years. She's not new to the game. She's very talented. But I wonder if the boot up phenomenon will translate into album sales. I'm not sure. That's a great point. I know Trip is doing well on radio as well, and it's I think it's at like top 20 now on Billboard, so she has another hit in her hands, but is it going to translate into people recognizing who she is? Who knows? But at the same time, Tom, I'm thinking about another artist who uh, I think his songs might be bigger than him as an artist, and he has a huge following. Khalid? Isn't that your boy? <laughs> My boy? Our boy manages him, which is kind of cool, but I don't even think that's an R&B singer. Actually, it's not an R&B singer. Ed, is he an R&B singer? Mm, I didn't think that the first song, what was the the thing that was, I can't remember the name of the song, the song that everybody liked that was god-awful. Like, that song, oh. to me, was not an R&B song. What was that, that thing was, called? What was that Location, thing called? Location. Oh, huh. Young, broke, oh, high school it. kids or whatever? Oh, no, you're talking no, about that was, and broke. Yeah, that's another Location. Song, no, Location. Location. That's the song. That, to me, was not an R&B song. On My Way is definitely more R&B. But, you but know, I have what to about, hear more. What about the song, uh, it's called Love Lies? That's like a Post Malone type song. I don't even remember that song. I'll be honest, the only song of his that ever stuck with me was On My Way. Like, that's an R&B song. But his earlier stuff really kind of kind of balance the line so i'm not sure i would call him an r&b artist but he definitely has at least one r&b song yeah and he has a massive I'll following say- i was at his i was at his concert a while ago and all the kids knew him and loved him so it might be the same case with lma we might just be getting old guys it's the same thing with every black singer they wanted to slap the r&b label on them it's unfortunate yeah that's and unfortunately that's what we do by default and that's unfair mm-hmm. Yep. But then it goes the other way because then if a white artist tries to do R&B, they just throw the pop label on them and say, oh, you can't come into this space. So it's been a problem for ever, generations. Also, mm-hmm. the uh, the song Love Lies I just mentioned, it's number one on, it was number one on the pop airplay charts, if that matters to you. So it's pretty huge. Yeah, well, I have. You, you, on the pop you probably... You probably wouldn't have even known it was him if you heard the song. Like, I didn't know until that's, I l- looked it up. That's 
That's probably it. I'm sure I've heard it. And I was like, well, who is this weirdo? And just assume it was Post Malone <laughs> or somebody. They all yeah. sound the same. Right. <laughs> uh, got a couple more records here. Uh, Jay Holiday. Guys, we uh, exclusively premiered this song on our site on Thursday. It came out on Friday for everyone else. 25 to Life off his new album, Time, that's coming out later this year. Have you guys heard the record? I did. You know, that's my boy. One of the um, most infamous podcasts in oh, soul yep. bag history. Yeah, I have not yet. It just came out, right? I didn't check it out yet. Just yeah, came, it came out, out a couple I, days ago. Yeah, I heard it. it. You know what? It's it's sort of like just like an evolution of Jay's music since bed. Uh, I was actually talking to his manager as we were planning for the release of this single, and you know the one thing I said about Jay, whether you like his views on or not, and and all that stuff, his music has been fairly consistent and. Um, He's followed the blueprint, and he continues to follow that blueprint. So if you're a fan of Bed and Suffocate and all of that, and, of course, Guilty Conscience, which we all liked, this is sort of in that realm. So it doesn't break any grounds, but it's a solid listen, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It, again, it's not a hit like Bed or Suffocate or those bigger records, but as far as a reintroduction, it does fine, and it shows kind of like this is the sound that you're used to, but we're kicking it up a notch. So for if that's the goal, then it succeeded. Yep. Um, and then on the flip side of that, because, you know, we've talked about all these artists from my generation that have come back. Uh, Mario put out a pretty, I guess, mature spiritual album. I think that's the right word. Jay Holiday's record has always been pretty grown. Um, who else? Lloyd came out. Pretty grown album as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of maturity. And then we have... Don't forget VA's your boy own- Trey. Well, he, well, our boy Trey just came out with a new record. You know, we gave him some props for growing up last year, but he came out with a new record uh, yesterday, actually. Tom, it features your boy Yo Gotti and Two Chains. How that sound? Oh Isn't it like a stripper anthem? I didn't even need to listen to know how what it was gonna go, so I didn't <laughs> listen, obviously. And what do you expect, though? Come on, guys, what are you expecting? Tom being politically correct. I mean, what do you want from Trey? I want, I want him some... to not sound like he's 18, but I mean, I haven't heard the record, so I can't say it. But like you said, if it quacks like a duck, walking like a duck, it's probably going to sound like hot garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, I didn't like the record. I feel like Trey can do much more, but uh, I guess he's still with, you know, Atlantic and that major label situation so he probably has to release a record like that but it's a shame because uh tremaine his last album was actually very solid it didn't get the attention that maybe some of his earlier albums got but it felt like it was a solid release and i hope he continues down that route it doesn't look like it at this point but one can hope maybe he should start putting out Peebo bryson type music <laughs> come on shout out my man Peebo. good god I'm still on this podcast with Peebo. Episode will go three hours. Yo, I've, I still listen to that podcast because I'm not finished learning. We might have to get him back on here. <laughs> uh, I got two more oh, uh, tracks that I just want to bring up. Uh, Tom, Tom, your boy, uh, you're not your boy, your girl, Nail, dropped a new single. You posted that. And Soul Child was going nuts on our Facebook and like 
Swedish or a Switzerland language or whatever. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> it's oh Switzerland language. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a. Oh no. Uh, I'm a big Mayo fan. Um, I I thought the the song was just okay. Her more recent single, Drive and Disconnect. Now that one I really like. This one was just kind of like uh, a regular song by her. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Victoria Monet, uh, our girl, she uh, writes a lot for Ariana Grande. Apparently they're like BFFs, but she dropped her uh, new EP, Live After Love Part 2. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but the, re- the feedback I've gotten from the fans is that they really like this uh, EP. I haven't heard of that one either. Um, and again, like you said, the reaction has been pretty solid online, but can't speak on it since I haven't heard it, but her pen is pretty good. I'll give her that. Yep. yep. And she's also featured on a new T.I. song, so there's that. Yeah. All right. Um... <laughs> Are you guys ready for the Play a Please Awards? Oh boy. I can't wait. We got some this week. We definitely do have some this week. Um, let's talk about Flaming Hot Cheetos. Tom, do you like Flaming Hot Cheetos? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a little too spicy for me. I prefer a little more mild spice than that. Ed? Absolutely not. They're gross and disgusting. Well... Uh, one rapper, Little Xan, who loves uh, eating Flaming Hot Cheetos, actually got sent to the hospital because he ate too many. Good. That's, he needed uh, to be hospitalized. Why do these things have to be in the headlines and on my my Google feed? Like, why does that make the news? I, because we are in a... Let me tell you from someone who actually works in the news, who has worked in the news arena... We are in the 24-7 news cycle where you got to post something. So you got to post this. And we have to post about stuff who have people who have big social media followers. So if Lil Garbage decides to eat his weight in trash and his stomach explodes, his little minions are going to share the crap out of that story. So there we go. We give them all the headlines because we know that story will get a lot of attention. It's that simple. Damn. Um, second player, please. Um, K. Michelle, did you guys see this video recently? Oh my gosh. I had just, I literally just saw this, um, was it last night? I just, someone had posted it and I saw it and I can't believe I had gone this long in my life without seeing this video. It is hilarious. Tom, have you seen it? I, I didn't get, I didn't hear the audio, but I watched what you sent me. I can only imagine what the heck happened. (laughs) All right, Ed, uh, describe it for everyone out there. <laughs> so, I'm, I can't remember if this girl is, like, selling cookies or something. This woman comes up to Katie Michelle's house, and she comes up to it and rings the doorbell. Nobody comes to the door. Katie Michelle apparently has one of these things where she can, like, look at people on her camera from her phone and also, like, send audio through the phone. So this girl is there ringing the doorbell. K. Michelle doesn't come to the door because she don't want to like fight with somebody about some cookies. Can't blame her. I let it ring too when Jehovah Witness comes. So she rings the doorbell. The girl, I guess, sees the camera. So she starts kind of performing. She starts twerking and being ridiculous. 
So K. Michelle, like the voice of God, just screams at the girl and cusses her out. The girl runs for her life, jumps on her little moped or whatever, and stumbles away. My description does not do the hilarity justice. You have to see this video. And for the player, please, I'm not even giving it to K. Michelle. I'm giving it to the little girl that was selling cookies or whatever. Because why are you twerking on somebody's camera? <laughs> why Why was the girl, like, in a golf cart? That's what I don't understand. Where was Oh, that's this? what it was. it was. It was a golf cart. That's what it was. I assume, because they do that in my neighborhood, too. Like, they're... They're like people from the neighborhood association that are driving around in golf carts. And she probably was selling something, and this was like the easiest way to get between houses. So I remember she was riding on something. You're right. It was a golf cart. Shout out but to yeah, the South. You can't, even, you, you can't even walk around the block. You have to take the golf cart to move around. Well, <laughs> we just don't have to stumble over the rats and trash <laughs> that you guys have to. So excuse us for having nice green spaces. <laughs> um, and then the last play a please award guys I'm giving it to myself uh oh are you guys ready for the street fighter story yes oh, I, I need to hear about this cause I didn't well first of all we're giving a play a please to the movie land arcade it's in arcade downtown in <laughs> Vancouver we went on google and we searched up the review for this arcade and Every single person said that the place smelled like urine. Well, Ed, <laughs> we walked into this arcade, and it smelled like urine. Damn, why <laughs> did you go to the arcade if they told you it smelled like urine? If they told you, you can't be mad that you're walking out smelling like an R. Kelly concert. Well, first of all, Ed, I mean, Tom, <laughs> Tom can you explain this bathroom situation? Because, like, from what I remember, the door didn't, didn't close properly. You could see, like, outside... The washroom from like the inside out Wait, yeah what? it was like half a door it was like only the bottom half of a door and it didn't even close <laughs> i don't understand what do you mean what? the bottom half of a door it's like they someone cut the top a half door? of a door off yeah <laughs> why and that was the restroom situation no wonder people were peeing <laughs> on the floor yep. and you couldn't actually close the door no toilet paper i don't think they even had a seat for you to sit on that toilet either yeah, they didn't have a seat. Did they just have a hole in the ground? Like, what are you describing? <laughs> I can't even picture this. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you come next time, we'll show you. Oh, my God. I'm not going to pissy arcade land. <laughs> well, first of all, they have some pretty cool games there. They had uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. They had, uh, I think Time Crisis was down at the time, so Tom was playing House of the Dead. And uh, at one point, we were playing Street Fighter 2. And there was this dude that was beside us playing it, and we were watching him play, and it seemed like every time he, like, won or lost, he would write down something on this huge piece of paper. And I don't know what he was writing down. It may have been, like, the tendencies of each character. I don't know. But it got mm. me curious, so I'm like, I gotta play this guy. This guy clearly is insane. So as I walked up to him, and I don't know what the arcade etiquette is. Are you supposed to ask him if you can play with him, or do you just put in the quarter and play with him, Ed? I mean, you ask most times. I mean, sometimes if it's like a big crowd, you don't have to. But back in my arcade okay. days, you're like, yo, can I hop on? And it's just like, all, all right. right. So um, I was about to go pull up beside him and play, and he walked away like two seconds later. So I was like, damn, 
okay. cold-blooded. So he actually left the arcade. So my dreams of playing this guy were over until he came back like two minutes later with a $20 bill, uh, went to the cash machine or the change machine and got $20 worth of quarters. So you know he was going to be what? there for a while. Um, he goes back to the Street Fighter cabinet, starts playing. I pull up beside him again, and I said, hey, can I play against you? He said, no problem. And Ed, I was using Ryu. He was using Vega. Mm -hmm. He proceeded to kill me in about 10 seconds. <laughs> I was about to say, if you ever go into an arcade and the dude is, like, taking notes and writing books <laughs> on strategy, you about to get your butt handed to you. So I had to shake his hand after too, because that was that was amazing. Um, you probably had to, and he used my boy Vega. I should have been there taking notes too. <laughs> yeah. So those are the play a please awards of the day. Tom, what is the so back track? And then, the uh, <laughs> okay, and then sorry. we took a piss on the floor and walked out. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus here, Tom. What is the so back track of the day? Uh, I didn't even have one in mind, but I'm going to go with uh, Tamiya's single, which has just reached number one on the charts. Can you believe it, guys? She did it. She did it. And yes. uh, glad she's still having success. Urban AC is like the wild, wild west right now. But, uh, yeah, we love this song, though. This is probably going to be my top five of the year. If we even have ten songs, I don't know, for R&B <laughs> this year. I don't know, no. man. It's going to be tough to find. We're definitely not doing 100 this year. I don't know if we can do 100, to be honest. I mean, there are some good album cuts. I was listening to Van Jess um, a couple of days ago, and I was like, man, she, they got a couple joints up here. So, I mean, oh. there are a few of those. <clears throat> who told you but Who we'll told you to listen to that? I don't know. Some dude. I can't remember his name. Some weirdo from New York. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I, yeah. Think his name was, I think his name was Sheik Looch. <laughs> what? No, but really, uh, for all the fans out there that are wondering where Tom has been, he actually manages Van Jess. Not really, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm still not that's, sure that he doesn't have some money tied up in that. That's where we're at these days. If you co-sign something, you got to be making money off it. Yeah. Well, I will say, though, when you mentioned it to me with your song of the day, after hearing about the pissy arcade, I thought you were going to say her, your song was Rain On Me. Oh, oh my God. Where is your that's head a great at? Song. A, I literally song. thought that's what you were going to say. That's a, that's a aren't great you song. Someone right who, aren't you someone who mentors children with that type of thoughts in your head? How does this happen? Yes, it is a terrible thought. And seeing that you're about to be a father, you aren't going to be far off. <laughs> You just peed on the floor of an arcade. <laughs> hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. This is, this is true. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, on a side note, guys, um, I, I should have brought this up earlier because we're talking about albums of the years. I went to Jesse J's concert the other day with uh, Roe James opening up. That was a really good concert. You guys need to go check that out if you guys haven't. Jesse J is like, I knew she was good at singing, but man, she is actually like amazing. She is amazing and very... I feel like that her album, Rose, is starting to get... Because it, it got a lot of buzz earlier in the year, but as, a, as we get later in the year with a lot of bigger name releases, I feel like it's starting to get lost in the shuffle a little bit, and that's very unfortunate because 
to me, when it comes to R and B releases, she's easily top five, if not the top. And uh, she sang Tom's favorite song, "Price Tag," so it was all good. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Oh man, so much. Um, literally before we hopped on this um podcast i hit the button on a review of ghostface killer's new album the lost tapes and if you know ghostface you know you're getting some quality so that's up we talked a little bit earlier about marcia's album um that one is ready to go or check out my thoughts on nyla and of course yes i also weighed in on lil wayne's the carter five so if you want to hear a non-stand review of that thing go check it out and be warned I give you the real. Nice. Tom, what's going on with, you know, I got so are we still making donuts? Uh, we're still making the donuts. We're too blessed to be stressed. And we're en route <laughs> to save R&B. Oh, my God. T- Ed, do you have any idea what's going on here? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. That's oh, wow, sad. that's impressive. That is impressive. Shout out to Playa. Hold on, we gotta, we got. I'm not gonna give them the player, please, because they're our boys. But Ed, no, because, don't give them the player, please. No, we have to, sort of, because they're doing some grammatically incorrect things. I'm not sure w- what the education is like in the south, but oh, oh, let, good let's one, start Kyle. With, let's start with digital blacks hashtag t- to be to be too stressed to be blessed. If you actually read it, he doesn't actually write two with two o's it's just one o so it's actually to be stressed to be blessed i thought it was a, i thought he used a number two but he just used t-o yeah, yeah he just used T-O. um no i can't defend that <laughs> and not to be outdone uh smoky he always uh whenever he's traveling to another city he puts en route to you know alabama but Apparently it's supposed to be E N and not I N. But he yes. uses I N. So No, it's not I N, it's E N. <laughs> so who so who's gonna tell him that he's wrong, Ed? Well, I think you just did. Shout out to my boys for putting him on blast on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, y'all. Holla at your boy, let me do your social media. And my so rates are reasonable. <laughs> These guys are some singers. They're not the grammar police. Leave them alone. That's true. And the Sobak challenge continues. Anyways, uh, Ed, Tom, <laughs> Tom, what's going on? You know, I got soul.com. We need a Sobak challenge for real, but uh, what's going on? I don't know. Uh, not much, I'd say, just as it's been all year. We haven't really been doing many interviews. You've been doing some shows. I thought yeah. you gave up, but then you're back suddenly. How are those been going? Uh, it's rough. I uh, I had to skip out on a Miguel show because I was too tired to go. Uh, I went to the Beyonce and Jay-Z show the other day. That was actually pretty good. You know what, Ed, Tom, I'll give you this. Because everyone obviously, or most people went to watch Beyonce, but Jay-Z held his own, which was pretty impressive. Uh, well, I will attest to that. I went to the first on the run, and I just expected it to be the Beyonce show featuring Jay-Z, and Jay held his own. I didn't go to the second one. My wife did, and she said that once again, he puts on a great show. Yep. Most rappers cannot perform, so it's kind of good that Jay is kind of going yep. against the trend. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then, like I said, I saw Jesse J and Ro James uh, uh, in concert. Actually, the day after the Beyonce concert. So um, I was supposed to sleep in today to catch up on sleep. And then you fools wanted me to do a podcast at 8 a.m. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's been pretty much all that's been going on with me. Um yeah, we're just going to continue to do this R&B thing, guys, um, and we're going to keep it moving. So I think that wraps up this week's podcast. Um, real Canada, quick, actually, guys, um, real quick, are there any albums coming out, uh, releases coming up? Oh, we've got... I know oh, Raheem Devon is coming. Raheem Devon, I think, is this month. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Um, so. LMA's coming. Uh, I think hers coming in November because her single just hit number one on Urban AC like last week. So they're going to really start pushing that album out. Um, what else is coming? I know Brandy's been talking about releasing an album for like four years now. I don't think oh, it's going to come before. I'm not holding my breath for Brandy. Yeah. And same for um, Kelly Price. She's another one that's been talking for a while that with no date has been set. Right. Uh... Oh, Pleasure P just dropped an EP uh, the other day. It's like a Pleasure P Presents New Artists EP. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I know he's been like doing interviews. He's been doing press in New York. I think he just did The Breakfast Club. Uh, but that seems to be it for this year. I don't, I, I don't see Mariah dropping her album um, before uh, the year's over. Hmm. Well, we'll just have to wait for all those surprise albums that'll drop. They'll just drop us on us, and then everybody will become like superstars like Beyonce because that worked for her. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's it for this week's uh, podcast. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. It's actually Thanksgiving in Canada this weekend, so I'm gonna go eat my uh, Nando's chicken, which Tom actually <laughs> had the uh, had the opportunity to eat. And he thought it was just okay. It was just chicken, but Tom's weird, so it's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, wow. you're not kidding. This man was pawning his grasshoppers off on you, and then didn't even eat any of yourself. <laughs> this is true, but um, that yeah, like I said, this is that's it for this week, um, and we will see you all next week. We're out. All right. Peace.